Join the big show. Thursday from 3 to 6, they're going to be at the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway in Orem. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. That's the warehouse. The warehouse. Question of the morning. BYU's up. Jazz are down. What is going on? We've had a lot of people commenting on BYU. Ute fans tipping their cap to BYU. Oh, I think you have to, man. Yeah, I mean, there's no other way to look at it. It's a no-doubter of a season. Yeah. I'm happy for each of these kids, man. And the, the, more so the kids than the coaches. You know, T.J. Hawes. Just for 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 three years, oh, you're an underachiever. You were so overrated. He's heard it all. And now he's putting together the big senior year, both individually yeah. and as the group. Yeah. And I saw Steve Cleveland about it in an hour. I believe that that T.J. Hawes is the difference this year because Yoli's Yoli, and I think Toulson is such a tough-minded kid, and he was going to do what he does. And they're great players, no doubt about it. But TJ was a little bit of a wild card, and he has silenced literally every single critic. Kid's playing brilliantly. Yeah, it's a phenomenal story. It's not a rags to riches because it's not a Joe Ingles where he's getting cut and whatnot at his level. Uh, but it was. But he, he didn't get the instant success no, and the instant and gratification. The hype was so overblown. Yeah. And we're all guilty of it. Every single one of us is guilty of it. But now here and in the senior, senior year, it's yeah. all paying off. Yeah, The absolutely. shot in Houston, hitting the rim and popping in to win the game. Yeah. St. Mary's, the dagger. Three straight away, big shots. Yeah, and just as and, and his then, leadership, his floor, And then the big three all, all played really well against Gonzaga. All came up with big games in absolutely, the big moment. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting uh, yep. situation to see this develop and come together. They've been waiting for this basically since Jimmer. Yes. And here it is. Yeah. Because we thought, oh, man, they should... They Cash should in on Jimmer. It's going to take him to the next level. At least be right there with Gonzaga. You're, you're taking a step down in the league and maybe two steps down. But if they pass the yeah. league title back and forth, yeah, get that. And for whatever reason... Since BYU's come in the league, Gonzaga's gotten way better than yep. what they used to be. And occasionally they get somebody in the NBA. Well, now it's like every year. And they're top 10, top 5 almost every year. I don't. Th- they were a really good program, but I don't think they were that good. And now they're that good, and the Cougars took maybe two steps back. Forget about getting rolling through the league. They dropped. And now here they've put it all together. Dave Rose passed the baton to Mark Pope and gave him an extremely talented team. He got Toulson to come over with him, and away they've gone. It's interesting if they can get, as Bobby said, if they got all the top LDS talent, what would their level be? The top LDS available talent. Because I guess if you are going to go to the NBA, you're not available. But how much of that is going to happen? But it, everybody else who can go to the NBA goes. That's a wash then. How many, but Yeah, and it is. But how many Mormon kids are going to be able to be good enough to go from high school to the NBA? Jabari Parker. Uh, Frank Jackson, would he have had to go to college anyway? Uh, I mean, neither of those guys have certainly, they haven't lit it up in the pros. They're not NBA stars, but they're in the NBA collecting paychecks. They're they're living the NBA life. It's early for Frank, obviously. We'll see how long a run he has. We're getting in the third year now. 
I mean, he sat out the one year, right? He's a rotation guy down there. In barely, barely. Yeah, barely. I, I watched but, the other night. He's not playing. But yeah, it's, he, he was on there on TV last night. How many minutes did he get? Check. Yeah, okay, but that that's you're you're a rookie though, where you're in a rookie deal, you know. And you, will he get beyond that? Yeah. And how will that play out? And and Parker, two ACL that, tears. Yeah, I mean, and the, the injuries certainly have yeah. robbed him of a significant amount. But he's being traded almost annually. So we've got a lot of comments on BYU, but we're getting a lot of comments on the Jazz. We're getting a few snide comments. We're getting massive amounts of frustration. Um, Travis, everybody needs to be waived as far as I'm concerned. Travis. Start from scratch? <laughs> Travis. Can lose on. two games? Easy, Travis. But the wild inconsistency is is uh, it's very it's frustrating. I totally get that. I totally, I, I completely agree with that. He wanted them to change their name to the Magna Mighty Magpies, Magpipes. They don't deserve to be called the Jazz. What a complete and utter disgrace this team is. That's harsh. That is. That's a lot of. Um, Christopher says one of these teams is showing fight and has a team wide drive. Obviously implying that BYU's got it and the Jazz don't. Yeah, well, they didn't have it against the Spurs. I think he just got beat from uh, the Houston situation. I can. Uh, I don't you want to say you can live it. with it and accept it because you don't want to accept it, but you're not surprised. I, I can by deal it. with it. You know, I don't want to ever accept losing on any circumstance at any level, because then once you do that, you open the floodgates of just accepting it, and it doesn't matter to you, and that bothers me. So I can't say accept. But I can understand, maybe is the best way to say it, the Houston loss. Because that's a pretty doggone good team. They've got premier players. So some of those you, you expect to see when you ask a question like this and you open up social media. Um, Steven, I think, speaks for a lot of people. He says, I was all in on the Jazz and now it feels like unless something drastic happens, this season will be a disappointment. Teams figured out how to guard the Jazz and the Jazz defense just isn't good. All right, you you beat Houston there, they beat you here. So, where are we going with that? Uh, How did they lose to Houston at home the first time when Harden didn't play and Westbrook didn't play? Well, they were in a bad stretch then. How did they lose to San Antonio twice? The San Antonio one, I can't excuse. I'm giving you nothing for that. I don't have any answers. And watching the game... You can feel that this is not happening tonight. Something is off. Yeah. And they're not going to be able to come back. See, I thought that's where, and you brought this up on TV, that's where the leadership and maybe you just have to take your beating and figure this out. If you're, I don't want to say they're not a good team because even with this, they're still on pace to win 50 games. So in my mind, if you can win 50, you're a good team. But... If you're going to be very good, great. If you're in the words of Gobert and Mitchell have both said this at different times. If they're going to reach the goals they want to reach, which I think in many cases are the goals we want them to reach too. But it's still, it's the goals they've set. They've got to be better than this. They have to get to the point where when one of those games is happening, somebody, and as you said on TV, they're the all-stars now. So they're getting to the point in the career where it's going to have to be them. Although this year, they do have good players who are 30, so it could be one of the other guys. It could be Ingles, Bogdanovich, or Conley. Somebody has got to grab the group by the neck 
and snap them into the game. Like, if what happened against San Antonio happened for a quarter, and then they got it together, or a half, and then they got it together, that'd be, that'd be one thing. But to just kind of sleepwalk through the whole game. They need some leadership on this team. They need somebody to call somebody a fat ass. <clears throat> ah, that's uh, Carl Malone to Greg Ostertag. He didn't come into camp in the right shape, which sent the wrong tone for the season. Yeah. Carl was at the point in his career where it was now or never. This yeah. is it. I'm in my prime. I'm at my peak. It is set up, and you came in at what body fat? No. We're doing this. Get on board. Right. I don't think they've got that. I think they're too nice. Too maybe, nice. maybe Mitchell is too young. At 23. You going to call out a 31-year-old? Probably not. Probably not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mike Conley. Whereas letter, letter carrier could call out anybody. Yeah. But he was also not 23. Right. He reached the status where, he and he in, did, he, he could pretty much say anything he wanted. Right. He was first team all in, And all was going to be forgiven. Because he was because Carl he Malone. Put it, and he was going to deliver. He played at 82 games. Yeah. And he's going to give you 25 and 9, and there you go. On average nights. Yeah. And so they need to get some nastiness. I've been saying it for weeks. They need to get some nastiness, man. I thought of that when I saw them all hugging Jeff Green. And they were legitimately happy to see the guy. Okay, I hadn't thought of that, but now that you they, said that, was, I think of it. I yeah. didn't think of it in the moment because I saw what you saw, but I didn't think of that. Yeah, and that's what I thought. It's all like right, that's a good loss, thought. The losses are bitter, and I get you're happy to see him. You know, he's a teammate, and you know him. I mean, we see people from past jobs or people who worked here, and they went on to other jobs, and we're happy to see him. But, man, in the moment, good well, And that was free game, right? Yak, you're gonna have to remind me. Yeah. You got a better memory than both yeah. of us. I think it was. Pre-game. I think it was pregame because they had the. Uh, it was. Yeah. Yeah, it was pregame. Okay. So how about we don't do that out on the floor, right in front of everybody? It's a good idea. How about we take the killer attitude? John Stockton that, recognizes no one before a game because you're dialed in for the game. That we're focused on the game, and I'm not interested in fraternizing with you right now. I hadn't thought of that. But now that you bring it up, because I saw what you saw. Right. Well, I hadn't thought it, of the... It didn't cross my mind. I thought of the... And I'm disappointed that it didn't cross my mind. <laughs> but it goes back to what and what triggered it was you saying how nice everybody was. Yeah. And the teams that are really good have at least one person, if not more than one, who really have that nasty. And the thing is, I don't really like that. I think a lot of fans don't like it. It's like, man, you're on top of the world. You're in the NBA or Major League Baseball or the NFL or whatever. Like... Isn't there some part of you who's like, this is great? Yeah, well, that should always be there. But in the moment, you're trying to win a ball game. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what your salary is. You're in the arena. You're not in your 15,000-square-foot mansion uh, and doing all you're, – you're, you're right here. And it's about winning this game. And money right. and all this and lifestyle, none of, that doesn't have anything to do with it right in the moment. So it's where is a game. The, uh, the, the three guys who kind of jump out at me as having this – for the Jazz in the last decade. I think um, uh, Crowder had it last year. I think if you go back, uh, Booker and Damari Carroll had it. Yeah, they were tough guys, but they're, they're role, role players. players, not the star. So Whereas fine. Carl can call yeah. people out because he's a star. Those guys, they're, they were tough role players, and, and that's why they're all gone. It's because yeah. they were role players. See, D. Will had it, but everybody wanted D. Will to be nicer, too. Like, D. Will, you're on top of the world. Come on, lighten up. <laughs> But he had it. He could call guys out. He could throw a ball at a rookie. 
Yeah, he called out the coach. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't so good. Uh, it's not the best example. Yeah. <laughs> and he threw the ball. So maybe somewhere between uh, hugging and kissing and Darren yeah. Williams. Or they've got that edge, and the pregame thing doesn't matter, and they'll well, then, show the edge against the Suns, and they'll go on a win streak. Well, they don't need the edge against the Suns. Okay. Uh, against the Celtics Wednesday, they'll need yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Celtics are good. I bet you they do it because I think they're still going to be irritated that Hayward blew them off. And they can say no, and I don't. Joe, you can say no all you want, and I don't believe you. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I'm with you. (laughs) That would still irritate me. That's all I can go on. It would still irritate me. Right. And And you're in the club, and I'm not. I get it. Yeah. But so what? He still blew you off. And of course it irritates Rudy. That's a given. Yeah. And you made Gail Miller get on a plane and fly so down to So is Rudy the guy who's got the personality to do it? Because I was talking about... Um, Does Rudy have it? Yeah. To, to be the guy to call him out. Yeah. But the thing is, I want to say yes, but nothing turned the San Antonio game around. You know, they just pretty much just... They were on the ropes and just got punched for I don't four think quarters. you necessarily need to call out individuals. I'm not asking no, for No, 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 no. But and in the extreme with Ostertag, that was exactly that what was. That was the extreme, but you know that because just, that happened and went public, that there were other things that happened in private. Just find a way and the coach to give your best effort. They didn't give their best effort the, Friday night. The coach and the GM can't always do it. Executives can't. They're not in it in the same no, way. No, you need everybody to be doing it. Right. You need the leadership of the team you and need the coaching the staff and the management. and Everybody needs to be held accountable. I was waiting for it in the third quarter. When the third quarter of the Rocky game was getting away, like who? Rockets game, you say? Yeah, in the Rocket game. Because I thought in the first half of the Rocket game, that was the response everybody wanted after San Antonio. The way they played. I mean, it's the Rockets. There's always going to be back and forth. It's not like the first half was perfect, but hey, the other guys are good too, right? And so after 24 minutes, you're thinking, they're playing at the right level. This is a good game. It's going to go right down to the end. And then in the third quarter, it was shades of San Antonio. They just got rocked. They just got rocked in that yeah, third quarter. Yeah, but like, I think it was a lot about Houston just being really good. And if they make a lot of shots and you give up 38 points, I get it, but you can't score 19. No, and that, they put pressure on you because they're scoring, so you've got to match their scoring. Right. It becomes more difficult. I, I can understand that game, but I can't understand Friday night. Anybody's got an explanation for Friday night, I'd love so to hear do you, it. But get back to Steven's point. Do you think teams have figured out how to guard them? Mm. Or they had the good shots and they just didn't go in. And if four of them go in. All of a sudden, the Spurs are this just massively great defensive team that can shut down the Jazz. I don't buy it. All right, DJ and PK, coming up next, Ken Pomeroy. KenPom.com. Huge win for BYU. How much does it help them in all the computer rankings? How much does it help their NCAA seating? Where are the Aggies sitting as well? We'll get to all of that next with Ken Pomeroy. Stay with us. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Ricky Rubio's back. It's the Jazz and the Suns. 7 o'clock, Vivid Smart Home Arena tonight. Elsewhere in the NBA, Clippers and Grizzlies, 8.30 on NBA TV. University of Colorado has hired former UCLA football coach Carl Durrell as their new head coach. He coached UCLA for five seasons, 35 wins, 27 losses, five bowl games, but then they let him go. Durrell has spent 12 of the last uh, 13 years in the NFL as an assistant coach. 
Top of the Wire is brought to you by Zero Res. Zero Res leaves no dirt attracting residues behind, so the carpets stay cleaner longer. Schedule your cleaning today for just $33 per room. Fourth room's free. Check them out online at ZeroResSaltLake.com or call them at 801-288-9376. This is, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. A lot of times people will ask me if you wouldn't have been a professional football player, if you wouldn't have been a radio analyst, what would you have been? I always tell them a paleontologist. I... We've done shows for a long time. You've never, ever mentioned that, ever. I know. Paleontology? What? Maybe if you showed more I interest was, in the things I'm interested in. Was it just in? because of Laura Dern in Jurassic Park? Because you say that, then I'm like, okay, I got you. You know, Sam Neill was never right for her. Now, Dr. Hans. Dr. Hans. <laughs> Girl, nature always finds a way. I don't know how you guys take my dreams and just crumple them up like a piece of paper and throw it right back in my face. Oh, man. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Visit the Ford Fan Zone on Level 6 at the next Jazz home game where there are free Papa Shot games, cornhole, and foosball tables. Enjoy incredible city and mountain views while relaxing, enjoying food and drink, taking in the game, and socializing with friends. Time to talk college basketball right now. Ken Pomeroy joins us from KenPom.com, and he joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. At least any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Ken, good morning. Good morning, fellas. How are you? Good. We'd love to have you on, and uh, as we always like to point out, for people who don't know, you are actually a local guy, a Utah guy, came up with the computer formula, and it is so good. The selection committee's been using it for years. So you're a national guy and a local guy all at once, and so you know about all the emotion around BYU's big win over Gonzaga, you know what it means to the program, where they've been, and the court storming, you get all that, but you're also a cold-hearted, analytical guy. How much is that worth in a computer model? How much is that worth in NCA seating? Yeah, it's 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 worth a little bit. Uh, as far as the analytical side, uh, you know, the work I do is trying to establish how how good a team is, and so we kind of knew going into that game that BYU was pretty good. I mean, they were they were a two point underdog in in my system, and I think they were a four point underdog in. In the real systems they use in Vegas, so it wasn't like it was a, a huge upset. So they, they, they're 16 now. They were, I think, 20th heading into that game in my system. Uh, Seating-wise, it's probably a little more impactful. Um, you know, the brackets I'm seeing that came out after that game are seeding BYU as a, you know, pretty solid six seed right now. A few with a seven, a few with a five. But uh, it'd be nice if they could inch up into that six range, draw an 11 seed in the first round, you know, draw a three seed in the second round. Those are two winnable games, obviously. You'd rather play a three seed than a two seed in the second round should you get there. So uh, so I think it's a little little more of an impact there on the, on the seeding side for them. So what needs to happen for that to be accomplished to get that six seed going forward here? They obviously got Pepperdine, and then they go into WCC, which you can anticipate the semi-St. Mary's and then Gonzaga in the final. Right. I think, uh, you know, obviously beating Pepperdine is critical. It'll be interesting to see how the team reacts coming off that emotional high. I mean, we have to remember that, uh, you know, the Saturday before they were barely escaping against yep. a, a San Diego team that is not good. So uh, we need to we need to respect that. 
and obviously BYU looked great against Gonzaga, but for people who think this is just a uh, an easy march to the Sweet 16 now, uh, you know they had they lost that game to San Diego, we might we might be pumping the brakes a little bit on that thought. So uh, so obviously beating Pepperdine is is important, and you know maybe beating St. Mary's. There's a lot that goes into uh, the bracket too, as far as what other teams do. So certainly, if you want to protect your seed, I think getting a you know win over St. Mary's, which would be another quality win, would would do that. And uh, you know, obviously beating Gonzaga again would bump them up even higher. But uh, yeah, I think just winning those does what seem to be their next two games would uh, certainly cement them. I think as a six seed. So since you mentioned the march to the Sweet 16, it seems to me that for probably 50 teams in the tournament, uh, and we've seen a lot of these regular season games that are crazy and upsets and top-ranked teams going down, and so what it means is, yeah, you've got a shot, and BYU's in this group, yeah, you got a shot at the Sweet 16, uh, but there are going to be a bunch of toss-up games, and if you're good on that day, then you got a chance. If you're bad on that day, then you're out. So while you maybe you go Sweet 16, and heck, maybe you go Elite 8 since it's such a, such a crazy year, but maybe you're one and done too because 32 teams are going to lose on Thursday or Friday, and it could easily be you also. You're exactly right. There, you, you, you go down to that uh, that 12 line. I mean, we all know about the 12-5 upsets and uh, double-digit seeds r- routinely make the Sweet 16. You know, usually get one every year. Or so, um, so that's you know, do the math. 12 times four is, is 48. And usually, actually, there's a couple of extra 11 or 12 seeds in there now with the new format. You know, with the the first four games. So you end up with about 50 teams in that group. I do think BYU's a you know. A little better than your average 11 or 12 seed, so they probably rightfully have better hopes of getting the Sweet 16. But there's no question that when you say a team, you know, getting hot and and winning those two games, I mean BYU is definitely in that mix. They're you know really dependent on the three point shooting. Obviously, saw that in the game against the Zags. BYU has great three point shooters, but uh, you know to that point when they had played great teams, they had not shot the three ball well. You know, the previous matchup against Gonzaga. They were thirty percent, you know. Against San Diego State, they were thirty-three percent. Against Kansas, they were twenty-seven percent. So that was really the first time, you know, against an elite opponent that they had shot the three ball. Like uh, I guess you could say they were capable of, you know, forty-one percent um, on Saturday. So uh, and not just forty-one percent, but you know, Wilson and Hawes were, you know, making making those Lillard three pointers where they were seven, eight feet off the line. And you have to make those against the great teams. You're not going to get those easy three pointers, great looks right on the line. You know, the teams have scouted the scouted Hawes and scouted Toulson and, and, and know what they're capable of. So, um, so that's going to be the challenge, but they are capable of that. And if they, I mean, they're really going to be dependent on that. If they can make 40% of their threes in the NCAA tournament. You know, there are, they're going to be in every game, regardless really of who they play. It's not a stretch to see Gonzaga not losing again until they get to the NCAA tournament. If that happens, are they a one seed? And if they lose a game, how bad does it drop them? I think they're still a one seed if they they yeah win the rest of their games. Uh, you know they they'll obviously have a pretty nondescript opponent uh, in the first round. I think I haven't taken a peek at the standings, but last I checked, it would have been Pacific, I believe, in the. In the first game, and then, uh, and then obviously whoever they get in the title game would be a quality win. So I think they're pretty well. You know, obviously not locked into the to the one seed if they suffer a, a bad loss here. But uh, assuming they their only losses in the title game, they should be fine. You know, the one the top of the the, 
the bracket right now is, as we know, not particularly strong. Kansas is pretty well locked in at this point. Baylor's looking good. And then after that, um, you know, there aren't a lot of challengers. Maryland's kind of coming on strong out of the Big Ten, but you can almost guarantee they will take uh, another loss or two, if not more, out of that league. Uh, Duke is maybe another challenger. Dayton is still lurking out there, but there aren't a lot of quality wins for Dayton on the on the uh, schedule. So uh, Gonzaga still looks really good. San Diego State's obviously out there as well as a um, still a potential one seed, and I think still the front runner for that fourth one. So uh, yeah, I think you can pretty much bank on Gonzaga getting a one seed this year. So we were discussing uh, Pac-12 basketball, and that's a crazy race. And uh, PK brought up that if you're an 8 or 9 seed at this point, you are still not in. You have work to do. You can mess up an 8 or 9 seed without trying too hard. Uh, Utah State would be in that group. Arizona State would be in that group. How do you feel about the teams that are kind of at that level? I mean, Utah State, that's probably too high for Utah State. Utah State's probably closer to the line and the bubble than that. Uh, but but how, how far in do you have to be before before you can really be comfortable. Yeah, this date I would say, uh, yeah, you're probably a, you know a seven, yeah, seven, six, seven, somewhere in there. Uh, you know, it's it's different for different teams too. You know, we're talking about BYU, and they they probably you know they just have three games left, whereas some teams still have you know three regular season games. They might you know be in a conference tournament where they open with a very weak team and so you can do more damage to yourself in those situations but um yeah certainly if you're on the eight nine line right now uh you can play your way out and you know obviously we've seen cases where people think a team is uh you know a 10 seed on selection sunday they don't get in so um so even on selection sunday if you it looks like you're a 10 seed there's there's no guarantee. So, yeah, probably the you know that eight that eight seed right now is the cutoff. Eights are you know got to got to figure they're in pretty good shape. But um, you're trying to guess what ten ten random well nine random dudes and and one random woman are are doing on the selection committee. And uh, obviously nobody can read their minds. And from year to year, uh, their criteria changes and just their discussions change in the in the room. And it's impossible to predict. And so. Uh, I think you certainly want to be at this point on the eight line and at least on the on the nine line heading into selection Sunday before you can really feel safe. So the Pac-12 has really been nutso this season as far as this conference race. I can't figure it out, and you think some team is going to emerge. I thought Arizona was on a streak, and then they gag away that Oregon game. So the thought for you is, you know, some teams are looking pretty good for sure, but since it's been so crazy. Can I say that anybody is an absolute lock to go to the tournament out of the Pac-12? Absolute lock. I, I, yeah, I mean, I think I think the top three, you know, the teams that we thought, I guess, were the top three, the teams that have been ranked in the AP poll generally most of the season, you know, Oregon, Colorado, and Arizona, I mean, they all looked pretty safe at this point. So I think those three are in to some extent. Uh you know, it's where are the other bids going to come from? Arizona State's late run here has been um, impressive and certainly swimming against the stream in terms of what bubble teams tend to do this time of year, which is, you know, win some and lose some. But Arizona's not losing too many. So, uh, you know, certainly that win against Oregon, I think, I don't know if it necessarily punches their ticket, but pretty close. And uh, obviously Utah did some damage to USC's resume yesterday so they're certainly in more of a precarious situation um 
But yeah, I think those top three are, I would call them locks at this point. And um, I think Arizona State, while not a lock, is, uh, you know, certainly on the doorstep of, of getting there. So still, you know, for probably a five bid league at this point, we'll see what happens in the, in the conference tournament, obviously, as well. But um, how about this stat, fellas? Uh, just came to mind. But Oregon uh, beat Arizona, beat them by one point, beat them by one point in overtime. That was actually the second time this year that has happened. And uh, I went through my my vast uh, database of research, and I have not found a team that has beaten another team in the regular season by one point in overtime twice. Uh, so that is freaky. Pretty unusual. <laughs> All right, stat man Ken Pomeroy, tell me what are the odds they meet in the conference tournament and it happens the third time? <laughs> it's funny you should ask that because I also happen to know that uh, there have been 37 uh, since, over the last 24 seasons, as far as my database goes back, but uh, work with me here. Uh, over the past 24 seasons, there have been 37 prior cases of a team beating another team one, by one point twice, not in overtime, just just by one point. And actually, they've only met, those teams have only met in the conference tournament four times after that. So uh, it has not happened. No team has ever beaten another team three times by one point in the same season. And, you know, those two, two teams obviously could get matched up. I mean, they probably will both get first round buys in the, in the Pac 12 tournament. So, you know, they could, there are ways they could beat in the semis. It wouldn't be shocking or maybe in the title game. So uh, I'm looking forward to that potential matchup. I'm looking forward to it. Are you of the belief of the proverbial anything can happen in Vegas for the Pac-12? Uh, yeah, to some extent. I mean, so it's clearly – I do still like Arizona. I do still think they're the best team in the league. My power ratings would um, attest to that. But they obviously haven't necessarily gone on that winning streak yet. But it's possible, too, the way things are looking right now. They might not even, you know, get that first round by. Um, the, the top of the league is, is – pretty flat and the bottom of the league is you know reasonably strong and there's a little more parity this year i think than than there has been in in previous seasons so uh so there should be some upsets i mean i was you know noting the other day that washington's three and 12 and yet they have positive point differential in the pac 12 i mean if things shake out if arizona state should somehow end up with a five seed uh, and they play washington in the first round of the pac 12 tournament like that the points around that game is going to be very close. Like it wouldn't even be shocking if Washington, you know, is, is favored by a point. That's how how close those teams are. So uh, it should be pretty wild. There should be a few upsets, and you know, we've obviously seen teams at the bottom are capable of beating teams at the top, and teams at the top are, are not juggernauts this year. So, uh, so it should be a pretty fun event. Ken, as always, we appreciate the time. Thanks a lot. All right, guys, I always enjoy it. Thanks for having me on. All right, there's Ken Pomeroy. Teams with work to do. Depends on their schedule. BYU, less work to do. Earlier conference tournament, only one regular season game left. Whereas there are Pac-12 teams that are playing four games. Correct. And we'll see how many conference tournament games they put on yes. top of that. BYU could be done in two games if they lose in the semifinal. Yes, spread over two weeks, basically. Yeah. Uh, two weeks from today. Utah uh, State, kind of the middle uh, ground. They have two conference games and then into a tournament. And would have to play a quarterfinal, and BYU looks like they'll be missing out the quarter. I do think, because of the level of competition, I think right now, if I include the Pac-12 and BYU, BYU has the best chance to get in the tournament. Because they should hammer Pepperdine. And even if they lost to St. Mary's in the semis, 
it's not going to be a fatal blow. Whereas the Pac-12, because unless you, uh, and I think it's Oregon and Oregon State are the only two. No, no, no I take that back. But because some teams have three. The Washington uh, schools have to play each other still. Yes, and then uh, Utah and Colorado. Yeah. And, uh, but because some of these teams have to play four games and then SC and UC Los Angeles play on that last week too. Mm-hmm. So some of these teams have to, play four games like the Arizonas do, they could, if they went 0-4, they could be out. I think both Arizonas could be out if they went 0-4. But they're not going 0-4. It's not beyond the realm, though. That's my point. They could, both these, the Arizona schools could get swept this week on the road. That's not shocking. But they're not going to get swept at home by the Washington schools. Washington State already beat ASU. And probably not but Ken Palm just said that Washington and ASU and Vegas, and Washington could be favored. And I agree with anyone upset. I, so, just, I just don't believe either the Arizona schools are going to lose four in a row. All right. How about uh, one out of five then? And count yeah, first you know, that round. could happen. Hey, you, you, you get swept in the L.A. trip. That can happen. Obviously, that can happen. You split at home because it's a crazy year and stuff happens. Right. Right. And then now you're playing you, you poorly. Your you're going to the conference game. tournament and you lose your first round game. That could happen. See, I don't think that I don't think these three teams think that Arizona, have been ranked Arizona, are guaranteed to be in. Arizona. They're looking good, that. but I don't think they're guaranteed. I wish they weren't, because then college basketball would be less predictable and just be crazy, and I would love that. You tell me why Arizona is such a guarantee, and ASU has the same conference record, or better conference record, and the same overall overall record, and they're not. You know the answer, because it's the answer you've been making about the NCAA tournament for 25 years, which is that as much as they say, take the label off and just look at the resume, the wins and losses, the quality wins... There's still a rep that goes with it. There's yeah, but we had brand. James Harden play for us. You haven't. There's name brand for the league, and there's name brand Again, for individual you, programs. You dismiss Harden left and right, and I'm sick of it. <laughs> Man, and I play the victim. Ah. I'm tired of You're it. You're pretty good at it, Your too. constant downgrading of James Harden is just outright bitter jealousy. All right, when we come back to Chevy Strong play of the game, and, and who really sucked this week? We'll get to that next. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. And now, your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. Connor will drive it. Stop in the post. Hand up to Yo! And the two-hand hammer! That's how you do it! Tied out to Mark Few! The Cougs are going to win it! There's the Chevy Strong play of the game right there. Greg Rubel on the call as the Cougars get the win. Know it today. 450 on the big show, and you can win fabulous prizes. 
As the great philosopher Snoop Dogg once said, This guy sucks. Like a sucker punch. It's time to reward the losers in sports with another edition of This Guy Sucks. You suck. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, who really sucked this weekend? Who do you want to single out? Team award, you just go to the Jazz for that Spurs game Friday night. That was dreadful. I don't think I can single a guy out for that, though. That was just a collective 48-minute butt-kicking. Well, I think Mitchell was the, relative to expectations, the worst. And since he's the best player? Yeah, he didn't shoot the ball well, didn't go in enough. I don't think you can argue that. Gordon Hayward and the Celtics are coming through Wednesday. Want to use him as a punching bag for going 5 for 15 and a two-point loss against the Lakers? 0 for 5 from 3? No. And then you see the 9 assists and the 8 rebounds and the 10 points, and he's a role player and Tatum's the star. And Yeah, he's never going to achieve the individual success that I think that he thought that he was on track for in Boston. Because now that you have Tatum emerging as a 21-year-old and then you also have Kemba Walker... Your third option. Yes, at best, your third option. Yeah. I don't know how he feels that feels about that, if you ever had a moment in which he had to speak absolute truth. If he wanted individual awards, he clearly would have been better off staying here. Uh, but if you want, I don't know that they have a better chance to win. I can't argue that they don't. I can't argue that they do. Sort of split. Uh, you know, you're in a bigger market, so you'll have more fame if you should win it. I mean, if you if you win it all there, ah, that's probably, awesome. You know, that's probably the best of, or you know, as good as the Lakers. I think those are the two glamour franchises. I recognize that New York has a glamour city, but they've been down it seems like my whole lifetime. Right. Uh, It'd be magical to be the the star who brought Chicago back to their Jordan levels. And that doesn't seem like it's happening. No, it's 20 years. I mean, there's not a hint of it. Hayward is now pushing 30. So they need both of those teams need so much help that he'll age out of his prime yeah. at, at the time that they would possibly be in position to be a contender. And Boston is a contender. Are they more of a contender than the Jazz? I could probably argue maybe a little bit. But well, if you wanted to argue the other way, I can't say you're wrong either. Uh, I think the argument is that at this point, neither one of them are close enough to the mountaintop to think they're going to do it. That's not the argument, though. The argument is who is closer. Boston, not, Boston is see, I, I, closer. You got I don't a, know that that's a fact. You got an easier path in the East, and they got a better record. I disagree that you have an easier path in the East. I mean, the, the, the Bucks are on, on track for 70 wins. They're the dominant team. So if I have a big dog that is really big in front of me, and I, but they're the only one, does that make it easier? I don't know that it does. That's like saying, you know, the East and the Jordan era. Was it easier to get through in the East? Easier to get to the conference final if you're yes. on the opposite side of the bracket. Yes. But yes. that last step was a big one. It never got done. Right. Once he got it going on. I just on. feel like the Lakers are looking pretty awesome, too, and that LeBron's not chasing regular season of the wins the way the Bucks Except are. LeBron He's is 35, himself. and He's Anthony Davis himself. is a free agent. 
So that's oh, today. Oh, yeah, so that's today, this year. You're right. If you want to look over two or three years. Well, that's. I think you have to. Yeah, I think you have to look at two, and then so many contracts are up. Who the heck knows what it looks like after that? Right. So that's what I'm saying. I, don't, I cannot argue for sure okay. that the Jazz are not in the same position. I could go either way if you wanted to, but I can I can make an argument group, either way. Group award for this guy sucked. The start to the post-All-Star break for the teams that were chasing second place in the West, the Nuggets lost, the Clippers lost at home to the Kings, the Nuggets lost to, I think it was the Thunder, and the uh, the Jazz lost twice. The Not teams are 2-3-4, coming out of the right game 0-4, with home losses to the Spurs and Kings. That was bad. Well, Kawhi oh, not Leonard, in Houston. In Houston, I think it was great. Houston made up so much ground so quickly. Kawhi Leonard came out and said, the time is now. I don't know if you saw that. I did not. Yes. But I believe it. He made a he statement. And it. I think, since he's a man of few words, and when he, he says that... Carries more weight. He's got somebody who's out there popping off all And the he's the undisputed. What it do, baby? He's right. got no... What we were talking about uh, earlier. Lack of credibility. Right. He's the guy yes. who can come out and say that. He he's can. Two-time champion. You slubs! I didn't come here. I didn't come here for this. Yeah, we're not here to. I could have stayed back there, and we would have a really good chance. Oh yeah. All right, DJ and PK. Anybody want to add to the list? No, I think that's good. DJ and PK. It's ninety-seven-five and twelve eighty. The zone. Wednesday. We'll be giving away tickets this Wednesday, a chance to win tickets to Chris Stapleton. Chris Stapleton's return this summer with special guest Cheryl Crow and the Dirty Knobs with Mike Campbell on an extensive new run of shows. Chris Stapleton's All-American Roadshow is sure to delight the crowd with a unique blend of bluegrass, rock, and country. Don't miss your chance to experience it live Thursday, June 25th at USANA Amphitheater. Tickets are on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com.